Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Welcome to the show today, and are we going to have a really fun and funny show? Because I've been watching our guest for many years as Helen Perry, who is a corporate and personal image consultant, grow her business and become really pretty famous. She does what's called impression management. So let's welcome Helen Perry. Hi, Helen. Hi, Valerie. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So what I know about you, Helen, is that for many years you have uh, been working in the image industry. And tell us, first of all, how you got into doing what you're doing. Well, I didn't really mean to. It uh, sort of organically happened. I had had my third son within a five-year period, and I was teaching an exercise class at my church, and one of the students in there noticed that I had sort of changed the way I looked. I went to a seminar by a man named Robert Ponte, who you know. He was an internationally known image consultant at the time in 1983. And he told me that I looked like a PTA mom who sold Tide at meetings. <laughs> so I could have gotten mad, but instead I changed the way I looked and tightened it up, you know, and one of the women in my class came to me. She said, I just had twins. I want you to come over and do my closet and help me. I said, oh, you need so-and-so. She's been trained by Robert Ponte. I tried to not do it. And I had had five years in retail. So I got a consultant to go with me who had been trained by him. And she was sort of training me at the same time. And that worked. And then I went out to San Francisco and trained with Robert and some more in New York. But um, I, it really just found me and I'm so grateful to this day for uh, Linda, my friend who asked me to come do that for her because I still love it. I have no plans to retire 36 years later. So. Well, I don't think you'll ever retire. Why would you? You know, no, Helen- not you... as long as there's a breath left in me. <laughs> that is so true. I'm a very godmother. You have won a lot of awards. I want to list them because they're very prestigious. So just listen to this. Uh, you won the prestigious Pinnacle Award, I think two of them, is that right? From the Better Business Bureau for Excellence in Customer Service two years in a row, followed by the 2015 Award of Distinction. Do you have that in front of you? Can you show us what that looks like? I have, the, I have, a, I have an award here. This is, oh, okay. you know... I didn't get a, a, an Emmy, but this is about as close as I've <laughs> And you said you have two, Helen, so could I borrow I one? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, you are my hero, Valerie, and you've been <laughs> my mentor throughout all this, so you taught me everything good I know. That's very kind, but I'm going to say you did it. Let me tell you about another award. Helen was also named, this is very important, one of Houston's 
50 Most Influential Women in 2018 by Houston Woman Magazine. Now that I do want to see the front cover of. Do you have it? That's, that's. This was really, I was pretty gobsmacked when they called me on this one. And because many of the women in here were my clients. They were doctors and uh, leaders in Houston. So um, I don't know if you can see. That's a big magazine, Helen. Yeah. Well, anyway, there I am amongst these incredible women, doctors and um, scientists and corporate gurus. And it was a beautiful dinner here in February at the Junior League. And one of my sons came and he's a lot of the people that helped me along the way. The only empty seat was yours. <laughs> I um, have always tried to explain the words you use, impression management. What really is it? For business people, let's talk that first. So okay. if a man or a woman, and you do work, work with both, don't you? All right. What oh. do you do for them? What do you do? You know, impression management is getting in touch, having the self-awareness of how the world sees you. And it's difficult to do by yourself. So I sort of, in theory, hover 20,000 feet above them and look at how people are reacting to them, what their mannerisms are, their tone of voice, their dress, their expressions that may be holding them back and things they may want to play up more. So there's three types of impression management. Authentic is when the person wants the world to see them as they see themselves. Ideal is what I do to really pull out the very best in my clients. And then tactical is the spin, and I don't do that. That's sort of like scandal, you know, with Olivia Pope. <laughs> don't go there because this show is all about authenticity, and I authenticity. know that. Absolutely, and that's what you do. So well, go ahead. Well, all the qualities and the characteristics are there. I just sort of fine hone them and eliminate anything that might um, make them less approachable, less appealing. For instance, with your voice, I got my degree in speech and I have been coaching people in speaking publicly, conversationally. There's always a sweet spot in our vocal register that we can access. But if I speak from up here and I'm nervous and many times, you know, our voice will betray us when we get nervous or we haven't drunk enough water. And so I work with my clients on diaphragmatic breathing, diction, um, elocution so that they give every consonant and every vowel its due sound because when people keep telling me well people are asking me to repeat myself they don't understand me well people aren't finishing every word so i work with that in their speech their wardrobe their mannerisms their word choice it's how you do anything is really how you do everything so how does a person know that they need someone like you? I think we all need a fairy godmother. I get feedback on myself. And the only way I'm able to teach this stuff is because I made every mistake there is. People used to tell me I was intimidating. And I, you know, I was the seventh of eight kids and I was the scorniest, littlest one. My brothers were big athletes and you sort of had to claw your way to the dinner table. <laughs> you had to be, you couldn't be a shrinking violet in my big Irish Catholic family. And uh, 
I needed to soften it. I needed to look at my word choice and tone it down a little. And I had to work on that myself and it, and it helped mm -hmm. a lot. You know, um, in today's world, when things are so competitive, I don't know any individual that's working in a, a business where there's client facing that doesn't, frankly, realize there's growth. Now, when it comes to something that's so personal, Helen, like clothing and wardrobe and, and even grooming, here's what I often get asked, and I want to know what you would answer on this. Sometimes a boss will say, Valerie, this person is fabulous. They have all the skills and competencies. They're the greatest of the great in their skills, but they're lacking. And when they start listing the lacking, oftentimes it's those little things like, well, they're, let's say, the woman needs to dress a little bit more professional, or, well, trend is great, but not at work, or even worse, business casual. What is that? And so oftentimes they'll say, I don't know how to address something like this with particularly a woman, so I need some help. Do you get those same calls? Yes, exactly. So I get the list from them and then I'm the messenger. And if they want to shoot the messenger, I'm in and out and give the presentation or coach them. But it's very difficult to, especially for a gentleman, to speak to a subordinate that's a woman and say, your blouses are too low cut, your skirts are too short, your sweaters are too tight. Uh, women have a lot more ways to shoot themselves in the foot than men. But men need to also, you know, do their grooming and hair gel and look like they didn't just roll out of bed and show up at work. Uh, I get a lot of young women that don't want to wear makeup to work. And I think that's like deodorant. It's just hard for your grooming. Um, <laughs> So you're, you're starting to be funny, and I have to go there, because I've seen your presentations on stage, and you're hilarious. Very few people, Helen, can be quick-witted like you are. So there's a character that I saw you play. Maybe you've got more than one, but give us a little taste of how you can show up. If you're doing, let's say, a, a corporate keynote speech, you're not just Miss Manners by any means. Give us a taste of that. Well, there's Mimi Narcissus. We all meet her around every corner and in every family. And she spells it M-E-M-E. -E. And hi there. You're so lucky to get to have me on your show. Oh, my gosh. I'm so busy. You know, I'm president of nine committees because when it comes time to elect a new one, no one wants to follow me. <laughs> Go ahead. Pictures. Anyway, enough about me. What do you think of my hair? I think it's wonderful. Is that the only character you have? Oh, no, there's Anita Mote. She's from Dimebox, Texas, and she's very greater tuna type, you know, and um, she was crowned queen of the Fire Ant Festival back in Dripping Springs in 1954 and rode up on top of a butane truck. <laughs> My best friend, Ellery Smith, and me, we, take, we teach macrame and beanbag chair making down at the BFW. Oh, Helen, that's great. And it does make speaking. I love to go to the gallerina in, in Houston or Dallas, and we ride my butane truck right up there by Needless Markup, and I do what I call retail therapy. Valerie, I just breathe better in mall air. Well, I agree with you. Tell us about another thing that is uh, 
something I think is the charm schools, and you call it an Etacool school. You've been doing Etacool for a long time. I think you told me before the show a thousand plus kids that you have taught things like just basic manners. Do you think that this is being taught at home now like it used to be when we sat around the table and had conversation? No. When I grew up, all 10 of us sat down at 6 o'clock every night, and my dad would flick you in the head if you picked up your fork like a pitchfork. But now when I go teach at Rice University or A&M or SMU or anywhere, I ask the college students, I give them the utensils and I put them in the middle of each place and just a simple knife, spoon and fork, they don't know which way to put it and they get it backwards and adults and corporations. So they don't know themselves. And when, when my grandkids come over and we sit down, the TV goes off and they really set the table and we use cloth napkins. But in ethical school, I teach eye contact, a good handshake, uh, how to introduce themselves. I tell those kids, when your parents introduce you, you look at that person in the eye, there's nothing they're more proud of. No car, no boat, no painting. And don't do this, you know, look at them and say, it's nice to meet you. And so they can't be, get their Etacool diploma, that's their BE, their Bachelor of Etacool, until they have a good handshake, good introduction, good eye contact. And I stress kindness and consideration over and over. I have them repeat it back to me that that's the most important thing they learn in medical school is to be kind and considerate. If you pick up the wrong fork, that's a mistake. It's not a big deal. But if you're unkind or inconsiderate, that is a big deal. And, you know, it's probably what pushed me into this career was that in the seventh grade, the cutest boy in the whole school told me I was ugly. My dress was ugly. My shoes were ugly. Everything about me was ugly. And of course, after raising three boys, I know now he probably liked me, but at the time, it didn't feel like it. And I thought, well, I'll show you. I'll just make everybody look good. <laughs> I think that was in my subconscious. Well, you never know what those little triggers are going to be that cause you to do what you're doing. Helen, what are the trends out there that you're seeing in business that um, someone like you can can recognize and help in your training programs? What are some of the major topics that people ask you? I got a call last week for email etiquette, or I call it netiquette, which I talk mm-hmm. about social media, media etiquette, um, emails. And so some companies want me to coach, especially people where English is their second language, and they want me to coach them on email. So. They can shoot me the email, I'll proofread it before it's sent out, but I do have a whole course on uh, e-etiquette or netiquette pertaining to that. Um, impression management, people, most people have not heard of and they really like it when I talk about it. I also do goal accomplishment, um, customer service, leadership is really big as you know, and that's your sweet spot. Um, I just always want to leave a staff intact and encouraged and letting them know that A, B, C is strong. We can work a little harder on D and leave them encouraged. Um, 
Helen, I have a question here. Uh, You touched on something that I thought it was super pertinent, considering that I am a foreigner and English is not my first language. Um, And so I thought, what are the things that um, even just just someone that may just join the workforce, what are the simple things that we can use in email etiquette that will absolutely make our impression better? Just simple things. You know, I used to see emails starting with just, Mary, comma. And now it's hi, Mary, good morning, Mary, good afternoon, Mary, or some kind of a uh, greeting. And then uh, your salutations can be anything from my best, sincerely, uh, most appreciatively. Get a little creative with your greetings and your salutations on email. And of course, you never want to do all caps because that comes across as shouting. Uh, check it. Sometimes spell check won't always catch an error. So if you're not a good speller, and it is a very important communication, you definitely want more eyes on it. I write a column for the Better Business Bureau called Sage Advice. My main name is Sage. This is one of the copies. And it's a 400-word column. But, you know, even though I'm a professional writer, I like other eyes on my work. I want to know that my thought is coming across clearly to someone else who thinks completely differently. I have a brilliant brother in marketing and he thinks very linear and I'm not linear. So if I want a completely different viewpoint, I'll shoot it to him and he'll go, well, what do you really mean by this? And he'll force me into um, willingly clarifying and, and elaborating a little more sometimes. Well, and besides clarifying, Helen, let's talk about how long the email should be. I like bullet points. That makes you know, sense. Thomas Jefferson was such a good letter writer. And once he sent this long letter and he said, I'm sorry it's so long, but I didn't have more time. It takes more time to edit things down and, and be concise and be and condense them. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i glad you brought that up. I had a, a boss one time that uh, said that he he liked bullet points, to your point. He liked bullet points. And when he talked in front of the team about his preferences and how they communicate with him on email, he made that point. And he also said, only one subject at a time in an email. If it's more than that, pick up the phone. And then he also said, no more than two or three paragraphs, pick up the phone. After he was through saying that, one of the men around the table said, oh my goodness, now I know why you don't answer my emails. So that was pretty impactful yeah exactly especially somebody that might get hundreds or a thousand emails a day they're not going to read that far down no and that goes to the bcc and the ccs you want to talk about that oh yeah that can be really dangerous if you reply to all and you didn't mean to (laughs) we've all done that check it before you send it Anything about cell phones that you would say? I know we hear a lot about how bad they are. There's good and bad. But again, what are you hearing from business people as far as the cell phones and texting and all of that? Well, I think it definitely robs productivity when people are on their personal cell phones during work hours. Uh, They need to have a time at lunch and afterwards check it, uh, turn it off during meetings it's an addiction to keep wanting to check it and uh, we have to catch ourselves on that it's really interesting when your summary comes back and it shows you how many hours a week you spent on the phone 
And you said addiction. There really are statistics that say you can be addicted and just go to the mall and watch people walking. They're tripping all over each other because they're looking down at their phone. Well, like if I'm doing this and I'm going, gee, you're really important to me. I'm so glad that you're here. (laughs) I don't think so. Helen, when you grew up, what was it like? You said you were the sixth of seven. Is that right? Eight. Eight kids. Yeah. I would visit my cousins, the O'Connors in Dallas, and they had 14, seven of each. We had four of each. We called it Planned Parenthood. (laughs) Were manners taught in the family? Absolutely. It was was kind of an unspoken, but it was expected. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I mean, you never talked back to an adult. And you minded quickly. One time I hid this belt to a dress I didn't want to wear. I was very picky about my clothes. And my mother could find anything. And not only did she find the belt, but she used it on me. Oh, my goodness. So you're bringing into what you do, Helen, some of those values. And are there any things that, anything uh, as far as, what you've been taught, what you do teach, what you know is important in in workplace today and even in our personal life. What are some things that you've learned along the way that you would leave with us as maybe some pearls of wisdom from sage advice? Sage advice. Well, you know, Valerie, you and I have been through happy times together and some of our saddest times together. And I think we all have to realize that everybody is usually trying as hard as they can and to cut them some slack and then to look at yourself and see, keep your own side of the street clean and see what am I doing that I may not intend to be annoying, but it could come off that way. Because sometimes we just don't know, we don't know. So I always try to sharpen that and really get that 20,000 feet above myself and say, how, how is this coming off to this person? Is, am I being as helpful as possible? And I am my client's advocates, and I want them to really be enriched for the time that we spend together and see a difference. And so on that note, Helen, if people wanted to use your services, are you available other than being in Houston? Oh, yes. You buy. (laughs) So how do we get in touch with you, Ms. Expert? 713-206-1800. Or you can look at my website, helen-perry.com. All right. I just love being with you today. And I want to tell the listeners, even after the show, Helen, I'm sure there's a lot of questions that probably might be going through some people's minds after they've seen this show. Don't we all have questions about, well, what about this? Well, should I do that? Well, how will it sound if even to our dress. So if you have questions that you would like answered by Helen, you just put them in the comments and Helen will answer them. Our guests are always willing to do that. So feel free. And I thank you, Helen Perry, for your expertise, for being such a warm and caring person in all of the things you do. And don't ever stop, lady. (laughs) You either. Take someone to no one. You're my mentor, Valerie. (laughs) Thanks, Helen, so much. Wish you the best.
And so for all our listeners, I want you to uh, be sure, come back next time. We always have fun guests, interesting information, and you know that they leave us with some valuable pearls of wisdom that all of us can take to heart. The day we stop learning, put me under the grave. In the meantime, be authentic, live your brand, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.